to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome or welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Good to be with you today for part three in our Your Questions Answered series. Now, in case you missed the last two episodes, this all came out of a a gathering of youth and children's ministry leaders that we had uh, back in January. And we asked the question, hey, what are are your questions? What are the things that, that you would like us to talk about? Uh, on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. And so uh, we had our first episode in this series with uh, Aaron Nyagam, where we asked the question, how do we help young people transition well into university as they leave our our youth groups? And then uh, last month, I'm sure you'll agree, an amazing episode with with Ryan Holmes as we talked about how do we turn up the spiritual temperature in our youth ministries. But today... Uh, we wanted to do our best to answer your question about how we create accessible and inclusive and welcoming environments for young people with disabilities. What a great and important question. Now, before I introduce our guest for today, uh, I want to point you in the direction of episode 23, episode 23 of this very podcast, Limitless Leadership Podcast. So scroll back in your podcast feed and find episode 23 because there we have a broader discussion with Sarah Holmes, the wonderful Sarah Holmes, about working with young people uh, with additional needs. So that's a really broad, helpful headline conversation. Um, and with our guest today, we'd like to go a little bit deeper and talk specifically about working uh, with young people with disabilities. And to do that, uh, it's my delight to introduce you to uh, the wonderful Mark Arnold. Uh, Mark, welcome along to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Hey, Tim. Hey, everyone. Great to be here with you and uh, very much looking forward to our conversation. Uh, now, Mark, uh, also known as the Additional Needs uh, Blog Father, uh, you are the uh, Additional Needs Ministry Director at Over Urban, Urban Saints, uh, a member of the, the Council for Disabled Children. You serve as an executive for Children Matter, uh, the co-founder of the Additional Needs Alliance, which is a, a collection of, of organisations, of, of youth and children's workers and of parents who share this passion for, for making a positive difference uh, for children and young people with additional needs. So Mark, um, loads of experience, perfectly placed uh, to come and really help us and, and guide us as we consider this really important issue. So we're so, so grateful uh, that you're you're here with us to do that today. Um, Great to be here. You know, I, I wear many hats. I have an extensive hat collection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it seems, so it seems. Uh, now, 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 Mark, I wonder, as we begin the conversation, mm. um, if you can help us to really understand what what we what we mean when we talk about disability in particular because yeah. i guess the thing that 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 automatically uh, comes to mind would be those um ha- how we might refer to i guess uh uh mobility disability mm-hmm. um those, those things that are physical that are visible in that sense but 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 my understanding mark is is that we can talk about mobility disability but then there's also uh, mental disability, and along with that hidden disability. Uh, perhaps you could help us to understand those terms and, and what we mean and why it's important to to, to, mm. to understand disability in those different areas. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, disability is a, a big and uh, sometimes complex topic to uh, 
uh, to think about and unpack. Uh, but it's actually something that's defined, uh, it's defined legally uh, as a, a definition under the Equality Act. So disability is identified there as uh, a long-term uh, condition, that, and long-term means a year or more, uh, that affects uh, somebody's uh, ability to do significantly affects somebody's ability to do everyday tasks and everyday tasks are things like you know getting up making some uh, meal uh, going to school or college or work answering the phone just just ordinary everyday tasks so if somebody has uh, a condition that uh, is long term and that significantly affects their ability to to do those kinds of things then that counts as a disability so to to give you an example if if you uh, had an accident and broke your leg uh, for six weeks uh, your leg would be in plaster and it would be a struggle to get around and you'd find it hard to to walk and you wouldn't be playing football and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff um, so you'd get a little glimpse a little insight into what it would look like to have a physical disability yeah uh, but it wouldn't classify in of itself as a disability because it's yeah. short term after yeah. six weeks the plaster comes off and the way you go Whereas if that uh, injury that you'd sustained, uh, once they take the plaster off, they said, hey, Tim, I've got some really bad news. Unfortunately, you've done more damage than we thought to your leg uh, and you're going to have a permanent limp and you're going to need a lot of therapy and support to, uh, to be able to move around. Uh, then that could classify as a disability because it might be something that's uh, long term and that significantly affects your ability to to do everyday yeah. tasks so so that, that's the broad definition of disability and then that yeah, okay. splits into those three areas that that you touched on just now which is uh, physical disability so that could be uh, things like a mobility disability okay, or right. uh, yeah. maybe uh, you know sight loss you know uh, somebody who's right. blind or has a, yes, a sight impairment or somebody who's deaf and mm. uh, or has a hearing impairment so those those physical areas of disability but then as you reference there's there are mental disabilities, a range of, of mental health conditions and, uh, and, and, and so on that can classify as a disability. And then there's this whole area which uh, is hidden disabilities where uh, it's maybe not as obvious to spot that somebody has uh, a condition that can affect them in the way that we've been describing. But nevertheless, it has that impact and, and it has that long term significant impact on their ability to do things. And that... That yeah. can include a wide range of, of disabilities, differences, diversities. You know, we, we, we think of maybe ADHD, okay. um, you know, somebody who's autistic, a whole range of, uh, of areas that could be bundled up into that, that hidden disability or diversity area. Okay, yeah, re really helpful because I guess um, when we talk about disability, maybe some of the things that you mentioned there are not things that we would automatically think of and yet, Mm. Um, uh, could rightly be understood as disabilities. And I'll, I'll maybe ask you to dig a little bit deeper in, into that in a, in a few moments time, Mark. But sure. before I do, could you just paint a picture for us, I guess, a big picture of uh, what, 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 what is that big picture for, for disabled uh, children and young people mm. in the UK, you know, right now in the church, outside of the church? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you see? What's that look like? Well, uh, what we know is that uh, around about seven to eight percent of children and young people in the UK classify as having a uh, disability of some kind. Okay, wow. So, so you know, you're looking at somewhere around a million uh, young people that that, that uh, encapsulates, and 
uh, that covers that 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 range of uh, physical, mental, and hidden disability that that we were uh, touching on just now. Yeah, we we know that uh, the last couple of years in particular have been really tough uh, for young people, uh, for disabled young people with you know, lockdowns, with yeah, a course. lot of the services and support that mm. they would have relied on being massively reduced or or even stopped altogether. The Disabled Children's Partnership, of which uh, Urban Saints is a member and I, I um, uh, contribute towards that, uh, did a series of surveys of young people and their families during the last couple of years just to get a glimpse into how things were going for them. And it was pretty bleak. Uh, you know, there were some real struggles going on there that uh, young people were experiencing uh, right. during that last two years. And and what we know is that even as, you know, COVID's not gone anywhere yet, but you know, as we're trying to uh, get back into uh, some kind of opening up of, you know, of society and everything else again, um, those issues that young people, uh, disabled young people were journeying with are still there. The, those services they relied on um, uh, still haven't opened up fully yet. Uh, young people are waiting for diagnoses and for treatment and for operations and all kinds of things there's big long waiting lists for for all of that right. and, uh, and and there's also an impact on uh, disabled young people in church in uh, the last couple of years as well because many have uh, needed to be shielding or have uh, been uh, rightly nervous about going to uh, to to church and mixing uh, in those environments mm. uh, you know picking up covid if you've got a a, a disability can be even more dangerous uh, than it has been for everybody else so before the pandemic uh, less than 10 percent of disabled young people had any connection with church and we know that that situation yeah. has um, got a lot worse uh, over the last two years so you know anecdotally we, we might we might be seeing five percent of disabled young people in church of course the right. the other 95 percent are all around us in our communities uh, but uh, but we're not currently reaching them which is uh, yeah really tough because there's stuff we could offer them there's there's community we could offer them there's yeah just a, a way of yeah. being able to engage with other young people that they're uh, missing out on by not being involved in what we're doing in church yeah and you know the challenge i feel personally even as i listen to you there mark is if seven to eight percent of young people in the uk have some form of disability mm. then surely if i'm doing this right seven to eight percent of young people in my youth ministry should have some form of disability you know if it's yeah. representative of Absolutely. the community around me and this is just like i mean it's just gospel jesus stuff isn't it oh, it's, it's it's the totally yeah. you know the, the you know those who are weak those who are marginalized those who are vulnerable this is whom the gospel is for well just look at the the many many times uh in the gospels that uh, jesus encounters somebody who has a disability and you know it happens time and time again disabled people were important and are important uh, to Jesus. And uh, yeah. he taught us so much through those encounters. Quite often when we uh, read those stories of Jesus meeting uh, a disabled person, the, the narrative that can be in our head is you know, Jesus meets disabled person, 
Jesus cures disabled person of, of their disability, everybody moves on. But actually, that's really just scratching uh, the, the surface of what's mm. going on. Often in those stories, there's so much more that Jesus is teaching us, so much more about how uh, to engage with disabled people, how to listen to disabled people, how disabled people's faith uh, and, and and salvation is really, really important. And uh, to see you know, that, that the entirety of the person, lots that Jesus teaches us through those encounters that sometimes we miss if we just think of it as Jesus curing somebody and then everybody moves on. So there's depth there that's really important to uh, understand and, and look at. Yeah, absolutely. And and the story, the story that's coming to my mind is that, you know, the pool of Bethesda, where actually, you know, Jesus, it's the mystery of it, isn't it? Jesus in that moment is surrounded by mm. people who are um, ill and sick and disabled and only one comes away having been healed from that yeah. moment. And yeah. I, I, we ha- I haven't prepared you for this uh, question mark, um, but you know, it comes to mind, like, how do we, how do we strike that balance? Cause we, 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 we believe right in a God who does uh, and is able to heal today. Mm. Um, so how do we strike that balance where um, like we, we understand, you know, we hold intention that theology of suffering with our theology of healing. Mm. And we understand that though we're commanded to pray in faith for people to be made well, those prayers aren't always answered in the way that we want them to be, at least not, at least not in the, in the present age yeah. uh, until the new creation comes. Um, but we still want to be a people of faith and courage and pray for and believe for those who are sick in various different ways. Mm. And yet we don't want uh, young people who have some disability to uh, almost feel like uh, healing projects. Do you know what I'm trying to say by that? Where it's like, I know if I'm going to go, like they're going to pray for me again and I don't really know if I want to be prayed for again. And do you know what I mean? But yet we, Mm. how do we, how do we manage that tension, Mark? I don't, I just don't know the answer to that where, yes, we want to pray and we want to anticipate in faith that people can and will be healed miraculously by Jesus today. And yet we don't want people to feel, um, uh, we, we certainly don't want to do that uninvited, do we? So so talk to me about that, Mark, if you can. So, so, um, so, so let, let me, uh, try and answer that question by uh, reminding us of a, of, of a Jesus story. So yeah, great. when Jesus met Bartimaeus, mm. uh, so Bartimaeus, a man born blind, begged by the side of the road for a living uh, outside of Jericho, Jesus and his disciples and followers and a whole crowd of people heading from Jericho back to Jerusalem for one of the festivals uh, are going past where Bartimaeus is, is begging and he hears all the commotion and he asks what's going on you know what's happening what's all this noise and somebody tells him it's jesus and all his followers and everybody going by and so bartimaeus cries out to jesus mm-hmm. says, jesus son of david have mercy on me yeah what happens to bartimaeus next by the way is what can happen to a lot of uh, disabled uh, children young people adults uh, he was told to be quiet yeah gosh oh, keep wow. out of the way to not be a yeah. bother uh, but the more they told him to be quiet and keep out of the way and not be a bother, the more he shouted out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus hears him and asks for Bartimaeus to come to him. And, and so you can just picture the scene. There's Jesus who's been going around 
teaching and preaching and, and curing uh, people of various disabilities and illnesses. And there's Bartimaeus, a man born blind in front of him. And you can imagine a big crowd now gathered all around, expecting to see another amazing, miraculous uh, thing happen. But what Jesus does next is quite surprising, but a, an enormously important teaching moment for us. Because what Jesus does next is he asks Bartimaeus a question. He says, what would you have me do for you? What do, yeah. you, want, me, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. And you can just imagine the crowd. You know, it's Bartimaeus. He's blind. You've been going around curing people. What on earth do you think he wants? But mm. Jesus didn't assume. He didn't decide Very on good. Bartimaeus's behalf yeah. what he what Bartimaeus wanted. Now, I'm pretty sure that as a as a human being, Jesus knew that Bartimaeus was blind, and I'm pretty sure that as God made flesh, he knew what Bartimaeus wanted from him. Mm. But he didn't assume. He didn't decide on Bartimaeus's behalf. He didn't just go on in there and lay hands on him and, uh, right. and pray. Um, he asked him, "What what do you want me to do for you?" He gave Bartimaeus the respect and the dignity. I was just about to, to use that word, yeah. To, to yeah. you know, articulate for himself what it was that he wanted from Jesus. Uh, and Bartimaeus said, I want to see. And so Jesus did then uh, restore or give him his sight. But he, he didn't just go piling on in. And, and that can be the instinct uh, the, the instinct that we have sometimes, mm. you know, is to, to pile on in, to put hands on people, to pray, to maybe drag them out to the front of a church service and pray. And, you know, maybe not asking what they want prayer for, maybe not asking, you know, what, what what's important for them in that moment. But, but, you know, yeah, if we could learn that lesson from Jesus and to ask those questions, then that would be an important step forward. Uh, but it's also recognizing that, um, you know, there's cure, there's somebody uh, having uh, something, a, a faculty restored, you know, the ability to walk or see or whatever it might be. Um, but there's also uh, more of a sort of an inner healing that uh, yeah. that prayer can bring yeah. where, where, yeah. where God just restores something uh, yeah. in somebody and, and, and speaks into their life and, and brings healing to their soul and to their mind. And uh, that might not include curing their body of whatever mm -hmm. it is that is uh, perhaps a, a disability uh, for them, uh, but it might be that it's restoring something, you know, perhaps even more important within them. Remember when the, the guy was lowered down through the roof in front yeah. of Jesus, his friends brought him and lowered him through the roof. Uh, and the most important thing for Jesus was the man's faith and the faith of his friends. Uh, the first thing Jesus did was to say, you know, your sins are forgiven. You're, you know, he recognized the man's faith. His salvation was what was most important to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And he only cured him and, and gave him the ability to, to walk, to prove that he had the power to forgive sins and that he had yeah. power on earth. Yeah. So you know, time and time again, those lessons are there. Uh, if we just scratch beneath the surface and look a bit deeper. It's really helpful. I just love that, what you're saying there about Bartimaeus, because Jesus... Um, he he um respects his agency yeah and in absolutely. doing so um uh, you know gives him dignity doesn't yeah. he and i, I that's so helpful mark really good thank you hey mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, uh, earlier on um i've taken a little bit of a diversion there but a helpful one i think yeah um, absolutely yeah. Uh, we, we, we began to talk about those um different uh, types of disability physical mental hidden disabilities mm. Um, could could you? T I know you did touch on it, but could you dig a little bit deeper? Tell us 
a little more about some of the specific disabilities that we may encounter within those categories and then of course you know what are some of the things that we might need to think about to create these accessible and welcoming and inclusive mm. environments for those young people who with those disabilities so if we're thinking of uh, what commonly we might think of as physical disabilities that that could include uh, somebody with a, a mobility disability for example yeah. somebody yeah. Uh, who um, needs a, a, a aid or support to be able to, uh, to to move around and walk that could be um, uh, a walker it could be a wheelchair it could be that they just you know have uh, challenges with with standing and moving around so you know, a whole range of of issues uh, that they might experience as a result of that but it could include uh, things like sight loss or partial sight loss or a visual impairment of some kind a whole range of different types of uh, a visual uh, impairment uh, that uh, that young yeah. people can have or yeah. uh, could have uh, young people who are deaf um, born deaf uh, which mm. uh, generally uh, 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 that's deaf with a capital d uh, and uh, somebody who's born deaf deaf with a capital d will often uh, use british sign language as their first language for example uh, that will be their primary way of of communicating yeah. Or you might have somebody who has lost their hearing due to an illness or an accident or something. Um, right. That's often yeah. deaf with a small d, uh, and they might lip read, uh, or they might use some signing, or they might still use some speech. So yeah, each of these areas can be quite nuanced. And mm -hmm. um, you know, similarly with mental disabilities, a whole range of different mental health conditions that classify as disabilities uh, that could include things like uh, you know, perhaps depression and anxiety disorders, but uh, could also include uh, things like an eating right. disorder or self-harming or you know, a whole bunch of things that, uh, again, young people can experience and that youth leaders might well be aware of too. Uh, and then we touched on those um, hidden disabilities, uh, perhaps uh, more commonly now, uh, some of them referred to as a a neurodiversity, a difference, uh, like somebody who's autistic or somebody who um, has ADHD or dyslexia or, or something like that. So there's a uh, there's a sort of a broad range there. But uh, you know, as with that yeah. story of Bartimaeus, the the most important thing uh, for a, a youth leader, a youth worker to do is you know to, to ask that question. You know, to to ask. Very how good. best to support a young person you know what to hear from them inclusion is always something that should be done with people and not unto them very good uh, there's very a good. there's a phrase that goes around a bit in the disability community which is nothing about us without us very nothing good about yeah. us without us so you know it's it's about journeying with people it's about hearing uh, from them it's about um yeah looking at what barriers uh we might have inadvertently put in place yeah, in the stuff yeah, that we're yeah. doing and then with disabled people uh exploring how to reduce or remove those barriers and it's, it's always worth bearing in mind that it's it's us as youth workers that that need to shift things it's us as youth workers that need to to, to change and adapt what we do to meet the needs of disabled young people we should never expect them to fit in or do the adapting themselves to meet our expectations and, and and the way that we want to do things it's very much our role to hear from them and then with them change the things we're doing so that actually 
not just those young people uh, are able to be included, but what we'll find typically is that those changes make what we do better for everyone. Hmm. And, and I guess, Mark, would it be fair to say that there's some wisdom as well in in terms of that consulting piece you mentioned in consulting with uh, the parents, the guardians, and, uh, you know, where appropriate, the, the carers of the young hmm. people themselves as well to say, hey, you know, what, what you know, what, what, what have you uh, been able to do that's been helpful and, and how can we learn from you? And, you know, what Absolutely. do you see? Is, is that a helpful thing to do also? Yeah, it can be. Uh, you know, so let's talk to the young people themselves. Uh, let's, yep. uh, where appropriate, talk to the, the adults that they journey with and, mm. and get their input too. Uh, let's explore together, for example, uh, ways in which those young people uh, are supported and, uh, and given um, the, uh, the, the input they need in other areas of their lives. So you know, typically uh, young people will be in school. Uh, so what uh, support is provided there to, yeah. to help them? Yeah. Uh, what can we learn from an environment where those young people go for most of their day so that when they're with us for maybe mm. you know an hour or two on a Sunday or on a club night, we're able to put those same support structures in place uh, to help them when they're in our setting. And that that does two things. First of all, it means we don't have to invent the wheel. There's a really good one already rolling along that we yeah, can yeah. Um, borrow from. But it also gives uh, continuity for that young people. If they can see that we're looking to support them, we're listening to them and we're looking to support them in a similar way in our setting to what already works for them elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then that continuity is, Makes sense. is helpful for them yeah. too. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and Mark, as you're talking, uh, kind of what's in my mind is um, youth workers, you know, listening, you'll know, Mark, there's so much to think about. So, so much to do, so much to prepare, mm. um, so much to have an eye on. And I wonder if in all that we can be guilty of like, oh, well, when, when a, a disabled young person comes to my youth group, we will work out how to kind of make the environment accessible. Yeah. But but is there a little bit of a, like, for want of a better phrase, almost a little bit of a chicken and egg situation happening here whereby, so by way of example, I, I what, one thing I always say to youth workers is if you, if you um, have a youth ministry where you talk like and act like everybody there is a Christian, then mm. don't expect people who are not Christians to come to your youth group. Yeah. But start, in, even if you know that everybody in the room is already a Christian, start using language like, hey, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, for you that this might mean this, or mm. hey, it, hey, if you're here for the first time and you've never been to a church environment before, we're so glad you're here. Even if you know there aren't any people like that there because what you're doing is you're creating a culture and an expectation, particularly in the young people that are already there, that, hey, this is a place where I can bring my friends who don't know Jesus yet, right? Yep. Is there something like that, Mark, when it comes to creating these accessible and welcoming environments for young people with disabilities? Yeah, there is. And uh, I think uh, I think that's a kind of a, a field of dreams question. Uh, that film, Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner, a baseball film, if you've never seen yeah. it. If you, build it. <laughs> if you build it, they will come, yeah. uh, is the line that everybody remembers from that film. And actually, that's relevant here, too. If you build it, they will come. Uh, you know, we, we, we have a duty to get this right for disabled young people. We, we actually have a legal duty to do that under the Equality Act. Um, so mm. it's not 
you know, it's not good enough for us to wait until a disabled young person rolls through uh, the uh, the front door to then start to think about how we uh, can put things in place. We've got a duty to to be ready for them so that when they arrive, uh, you know, things are in place to uh, to support them. Uh, but you know, we don't want to be just restricted by by you know what the Equality Act says. We want to be better than that, and we want to be. Uh, we want to be Jesus, and um, um, you know what did well, what did Jesus do? Well, Jesus, uh, you know, made a difference for for everybody that he met, and he was ready for everybody that he met, and so should we. So, you know, it's really important that we think through, you know, what 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 uh, what do we need to do to make sure that if uh, a young person arrives into our group um, with a disability of of whatever kind that might be. That we're ready for them uh, and they've got things in place now obviously we can tweak things when somebody arrives of course uh, yeah you know, by, we, you know by listening to them and yeah, their specific absolutely. need like we said earlier yeah you know but but making sure that the basics are in place so can they get into the building mm-hmm. uh, can mm-hmm. they move around the building if they if they go to use the disabled toilet are they going to find it's been turned into a storage cupboard for all the cleaning mm. materials uh, you know, if, if um, uh, a young person who's got a visual impairment arrives, uh, are there lots of glass doors that are hazards for them? Uh, you know, could we put uh, a sign on those doors so that if they've got some sight, uh, they can uh, perhaps see that there is actually a glass door that they're heading towards and not walk into it? Are there signs protruding from walls that could be a hazard? Are there trip hazards? You know, going through, just looking, doing a bit of an audit of, of mm, our space, yeah. but also of our program. You know, what are the things that we do in our program that could be barriers uh, for young people as well? You know, is there other activities that we do where everybody sat around uh, you know, tables that are maybe too high for somebody who's using a wheelchair or, you know, just, just thinking through, uh, you know, what games do we play? Would those be yeah. games that excluded somebody who had a physical disability of some kind? And just thinking about how we could then adapt those things that we do uh, so that we're ready uh, for when a young person comes through our door uh, with whatever disability difference or diversity they may yeah. bring with them. And uh, and, and, you know, and that that's, that's the right way for us to be. Uh, but it's also then the best welcome that we can give uh, to a young person arriving with us because they can see that, we're not just reacting to them arriving, but we're ready for them. We've been waiting for them uh, and we're excited that they've joined us. Mm. Yeah, really good. It, it, it reminds me of, we, we had a lad with us for a number of years called Jay who was blind. And, um, you know, so we would always try and think about, you know, the games that he would be able to engage with and so forth. Mm. But of course, you know, even with the, kind of best will in the world there were certain things that he wouldn't be able to do by the mm. nature of his disability so what we always try to do was think about in what ways can we him involve him in this activity yeah. anyway so for example we would um if there were certain things he wasn't able to do we'd get him involved in hosting those things for the other young mm. people and so he would still f- even if they're like obviously we, we tried to create programs and games and such that he could be involved with as much as possible but where that wasn't possible we would still look to find other ways to help him feel part of the thing and not just a, a passenger or you yeah. know, a, or, or not to feel sidelined in, in, in that way. Yeah. yeah, that's so important. And, you know, there are loads of different ways that young people can be involved and included in an activity, uh, you know, even if 
perhaps a, a, a sort of first thought you think oh, you know how, how are they going to be able to engage but if, if you've got a really active game and you've got somebody with a physical disability that affects their mobility for example you know you could uh, you could see if they they could be the referee they could be the scorer they could exactly like I say yeah. they could host you know, the activity but also looking for active games that actually level the playing field a bit so one of the one of the highlights for me whenever it's the Paralympics uh, coming around is the uh, sitting volleyball. Uh, sitting volleyball is brilliant. It's such a great game to play. And of course, somebody with a, a, um, a mobility disability that means that uh, perhaps they, uh, that, that they're not so good around on their legs uh, may well be able to take part in sitting yeah. volleyball. Uh, and uh, have a great time with their peers doing that. And, you know, it's, it's loads of fun, but it's a real uh, leveller and, and it's really inclusive. So it's thinking around those sorts of things as well. Do you remember that advert? I think it was uh, uh, for, a, I can't remember which beer, uh, lots of them available, but where there's a whole <laughs> bunch of guys playing um, basketball and they're in wheelchairs uh, playing basketball. Uh, and at the end of the game, um, all of them except one stand up out of their wheelchairs. Uh, they they met the need of their friend by Very joining good. by yeah. joining him in playing wheelchair basketball together, uh, and and so it levelled the playing field and enabled everyone to yeah. uh, play the same game together. So yeah, it's just thinking of so good. of things like that. Yeah. Uh, what's really great now, Mark, is we're getting into some specifics, uh, which is great because it's, it's for, for those of us listening, it's, it's actionable stuff that mm. we can put in, in place. So let's keep going in that direction for, for sure. a little while if we yeah. can. Could you, could you give us some examples of, of best practice, bad practice that you've seen, uh, mm. things to avoid, things to imitate? Yeah, so uh, I mean, there's there's lots that fit into uh, to, to all of that, really. You know, we we've already talked about best practice and and the the importance of of hearing from the young people, the adults they journey with uh, yeah. as well. And you know, we can we can do a lot worse in addition to that to seek out disabled adults in our church community uh, and get them on board in helping mm. us and getting them to help Very us good. do yeah. a bit of an audit of our building and and say, hey, you know, what are some of the um, the areas that uh, you know are barriers for you, and not only then does that give them the opportunity to help us uh, as we're thinking about this from a youth work perspective, but might help in a broader church context as well. Uh, it, it's about culture change too. Uh, so it's about how we perceive disabled young people, and you know we talked about uh, earlier not seeing them as a healing project or something, but actually. Uh, seeing them as an individual, an important <laughs> individual member of our church community and listening to to them. But it's also how we culturally take our broader church community on that journey with us, how we teach and preach about this so that actually we're we're taking everybody on that journey and and disabled young people aren't seen as um, yeah, as victims or as mm. uh, sufferers or mm. you know that kind of thing, but seen as as active participants, active mm. members of, yep. of our church community, just as everybody else. I I sometimes talk about meerkats and lions uh, very briefly. Uh, uh, sometimes when there's a disabled young person with whatever disability they might be journeying with in church. Uh, and, uh, and and they meet a barrier and, they, you know, they, they, there's a problem that uh, is caused by the stuff that's going on in church, whatever that might be. 
You might get the meerkats, uh, who are the folk whose heads shoot up and swivel around and look in the direction of this young person who's struggling. And, you know, there might be tuts and comments and, and uh, you know, it can be really difficult and it can make maybe a, a challenging, difficult situation a lot worse for that young person. But there are lions too. Uh, and uh, lions look after their pride. They look after their own. Uh, and the lions in this context are the folk that get around that young person and say, hey, let's let's see what support we can give you. Let's mm -hmm. uh, let's hear from you what you need right now in this moment. Uh, you know, what are you struggling with? What can we do to adapt that and change that? And we need more lions in our churches and fewer meerkats. Uh, but Very good. <laughs> by getting uh, by, by getting more lions there, it changes the culture and it makes our culture one where everyone belongs, everyone's valued, everyone's loved for who they are, that, that people are missed for all the right reasons if they're not there. Uh, and people check up on them to find out, you know, what, what, why they weren't there that week or whatever. So yeah, lots of good stuff that can come from that. I've also seen the, you know, the negative side of all of that too. And I've heard the harrowing stories of young people that have been told, um, uh, not to come back anymore because they might be a health and safety risk. Uh, oh. uh, I know, um, not to come back anymore because this isn't a special needs church. Uh, no. Yeah, you know, and it's it's heartbreaking whenever you hear those stories, but those stories are true and are out there. And and what they show is that, you know, we're making big steps forward in this stuff. We're, we're really making a difference, but there's a long, long way to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's yeah. a lot of culture to change and a lot of, hearts and minds to win there's a lot of meerkats out there that we need to turn into lions mm. wow that's really helpful and, and challenging stuff mark all right this might be a bit of a summary of what you've already said okay. but if if i was to pin you down and to say mark top three tips yeah top three tips um so that we can have a you know a youth work that really can make a difference for, for disabled young people. Can I pin you down to three? Yeah, you can. Uh, and <laughs> it is summarising the things that we've talked about, but I'll do it in a, in a different and hopefully memorable way. So um, the, uh, the, the acronym is ASK. Uh, and uh, the three things that, that those three letters uh, help us to remember. Uh, first of all, A is, is ASK, is, is talk with. Uh, those uh, disabled children and young people and the, the adults that uh, are with them. Ask them how we can support them better. Ask that question that Jesus asked Bartimaeus, you know, what would you have us do for you? Uh, just seek that that input. And 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 S is seek. It's 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 learn, it's it's draw from them the uh, the information that they've got, the gold that they've got about how that uh, that young person is supported in other areas of their life, at school, at home, maybe in other clubs or settings that they go to. And then when we know that information, and that's the K, is knowing that information, then uh, work through with those young people how to put those changes in place, to remove the barriers uh, that are there, to, to check that, um, that the building's accessible, that the programme is accessible, uh, that the culture is changing so that uh, young people can truly be valued and, and loved and belong uh, for who they are. So it's it's ask, it's seek, and it's know, and it's put those things into practice uh, so that every young person 
uh, can benefit. And what we know is that when we put things in place uh, to, uh, to to support um, uh, young people, who are disabled young people, we actually make what we do better for everyone. Hmm. Mark, really helpful and memorable. Uh, but I am conscious, even as we begin to draw this conversation to a close, that as as helpful and insightful as 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 this conversation has been, we can only really scratch the surface of this stuff with yeah. within the parameters of a podcast episode. So, mm. so two questions for you, Mark, just to finish. Firstly, any resources uh, that you can suggest? that will help us do this practically any examples of 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 some further reading or research that we might do and mark if people wanted to ask you a question or, or stay in touch with you how can they do that via via your socials and so on Brilliant. what are the next steps mark so next steps uh, well back end of last year um a collaboration between ourselves at urban saints and our friends at youthscape uh, we produced a resource called invited to belong uh, and Invited to Belong is a, a six-stage um, program that uh, youth workers can uh, journey with with their teams to explore this theme some more, to unpack some of the right. stuff that we've been talking about today. So understanding a lot more about disability and about uh, young people uh, who journey with disability, the different kinds of disability, picking up on some of those stories of Jesus's encounters with disabled people and the, the learnings that we get from that starting to think about uh, some of those barriers that, that might exist in uh, in their settings and, and what uh, we might do to, to reduce or remove those barriers. But then how we then uh, change that culture in our settings and how we then go and invite uh, that, you know, that 95% of disabled mm -hmm. young people who are out there in our communities that we don't yet see in our churches. How do we reach them and Great. invite them to a place where everyone is invited to belong. So, so that's a resource that's available and uh, you can get that from Urban Saints if you Fantastic. Uh, go to... We'll, we'll be sure to link to that in, in, in the show notes as, as well, Absolutely. Mark. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that, that, that really summarises a lot of what we've been looking at today. And um, yeah. um, urbansaints.org uh, website, go to Great. our shop there and, and you can find out more about that. Or just look at urbansaints.org slash invited to belong. Uh, and uh, everything you need uh, is uh, detailed there as well. Um, if you're thinking about this in the context of uh, some of those hidden uh, disabilities mm -hmm. or differences mm -hmm. or diversities that uh, maybe we, we've not touched on quite so much today, but are nope. still very relevant for, for youth workers to work through. Uh, I've uh, recently written a book for the Grove Youth series uh, of Great. books uh, called uh, How to Include Autistic Children and Young People in Church. Brilliant. Uh, and again, uh, if you go to either the Grove Books uh, website or go to the urbansaints.org website and look for our shop, you can find that there. Uh, uh, or just go to urbansaints.org slash how to include uh, and you'll find all the information about it there as well. Uh, and that's a great resource that, that right. works across a range of different hidden uh, 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 differences, diversities and disabilities, not just uh, autistic children and young people, but a, a wide range too. And if people want to contact me for more info, maybe uh, they want to pick up on some of the training that I do, mm -hmm. uh, then uh, they can contact me at mrnaldurbansaints.org. Uh, you can find my blog at theadditionalneedsblogfather.com. 
and details of all the training that I run, again, you can link to from the Urban Saints website, urbansaints.org slash additional needs training. Uh, and that will take you to a place where all the current dates and details are listed there as well. Well, so, so helpful. Thank you. And we'll be sure to link to those things uh, in, in the show notes. Uh, and just really grateful for your, your, your insight and your wisdom today. Mark, um, thank you so much. Thanks, Tim. Great to be here. And, uh, and yeah, cheering everyone on as they put this into practice. Absolutely. And to, to, to everyone listening, hey, I, I, I hope you feel challenged and inspired as I do from our conversation uh, with Mark today. And, and just as we said up front, this is gospel stuff, isn't it? This is Jesus stuff. These are uh, uh, the, the people to whom we are called, for, for whom the gospel is. And, and I'm really challenged and inspired today. And we just really want to finish by thanking you for everything that you're doing. We know that you will have children young people in your churches in your uh, youth groups uh, who would have a disability whether that is a, a physical one or a mental one or one of these hidden disabilities about which mark spoke and and we know that you're working hard to love them and care for them and uh, and, and pastor them and disciple them and share the gospel with them and we just want to say keep going what an important thing it is that you're doing don't give up don't give up what are we going to give our lives to that's more important than passing on the gospel to the next generation i can't think of a single thing so thanks for all you're doing keep going just know the smile of god is over your life today hey if this episode has been helpful to you uh, then do share it with another uh, youth worker that you know or, or, or via your socials. Uh, this is a really important conversation and a message that's worth getting out there. And another way that you can help that to happen is by rating and reviewing it on your podcast provider. That just helps it to get into the ears of the right people. So thanks for doing that in advance. And we will look forward to seeing you next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast.